Welcome to Talking Mom to Moms. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Talking Mom to Mom, Episode 25. We are going to be talking about the importance of reading aloud to your children today. I am Lindsay, and Rochelle is not joining us today. Uh, during the summer, we've decided to just record um, episodes uh, by ourselves. <laughs> so I appreciate you joining me, and I hope that this is helpful to you. I personally um, was not big on reading aloud to my kids when they were little, and I am learning now as a homeschooling mom as I read more about educating my children how important this is. And uh, a couple of years ago, I dedicated myself to being better at it and started a little family tradition um, that I'll share more about as we talk. And it's really been so worth it. So I hope that this is encouraging to you and also gives you a few ideas for your own home and reading aloud to your children. There are so many benefits to reading aloud Um, to your children for both yourself, your family, and your children and their education. uh, Reading aloud builds family culture. Uh, You are spending time with your children, which is priceless, and you are starting, a lot of times you're starting a family tradition. Our family tradition was and is reading around the, the dining room table. I tend to read during lunch for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, we'll choose one that works. Um, and that's that's the time we usually uh, choose to read aloud because the kids are glued to their seats eating and everyone is more quiet and it seems to work for us. So maybe that would help you. Uh, but those snuggles on the couch and the times that you're, you're just talking back and forth with your children about what you've read, it really helps build relationships and memories. So that's that's important in building your family culture. Children learn to sit still when you are reading aloud to them. Like I said, we choose the dining room table, uh, and it seems to help, but it is true that there are so many times that we've sat down to read aloud, and, you know, the kids are all over the place. So it's a time that we practice sitting still. I actually have a blog post um, on our Talking Mom to Mom website uh, and I can put this in the show notes, but it's about tips that I have for teaching your children to sit still during church. But what I have learned throughout the years that is so important about te- teaching your children to sit still is that the practice of it. You have to, you can't just expect your children to sit still during church. You have to have them practice sitting still at home and, uh, you know, at the um, they have to sit still in the car at the grocery store. They have to sit still when they go to the doctor's office. And so all of those places that they need to be sitting still, you have to practice that at home. And one of the ways you can practice that is reading aloud to them. 
Children have to learn to be attentive and to listen, and reading aloud actually helps them practice their comprehension skills, which is so important for their learning. And so if they know starting out when you're reading aloud to them, hey, mom is going to be asking me, what did we read today? And she's going to ask us to repeat that to her. Well, um, you know, that that's good practice for them to learn to listen and for them to be able to repeat that. And if you get in the habit of that, it's not just when you read aloud, but it's during church, what did they hear in the sermon? They'll start listening. And so you can have a discussion about that after church, maybe on the drive home. Uh, Rochelle actually uh, made a free printable pack, and I will also put the link to this in the show notes, but it's making narration fun. And narration is just the uh, when a child repeats back to you what they have read, what they have learned, and they put it into their own words. And sometimes kids find this quite boring, (laughs) or they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to say, or their mind goes blank. We have that problem as adults, don't we? And so um, I really encourage you to download that free uh, printable pack to help make narration more fun, just like the title says. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Reading aloud um, also, and most importantly, helps your child develop a lifelong love of reading. And, oh, my goodness, have I already seen this in my own kids. I told you that I wasn't very good about reading to them aloud um, when they were little, but they always loved books. But I have just seen a hunger for more reading together. Um, I, You know, one part I think it is that they love the books, but another part I think is that they just love spending time with me. And I love spending time with them, and it gives us that that time. And so, again, that building family culture is very important. But we want our children to enjoy reading. And reading really is a basis for so much in education. It builds vocabulary in our children. It is a foundation for uh, teaching them speech delivery, speaking in front of people. Uh, you know, kids are very well, it's one of the number one fears of people is standing up in front of people and speaking. And I know it sounds strange, but learning to read and the whole process of narration, all of that is practice for speaking to people and speaking about what you've learned or memorized. And it's a very important skill to have. And the earlier you start doing that with your kids, the more comfortable they will be as they get older. So there's a lot that, that goes into the child's education that way. we were I mentioned vocabulary. If you're reading to your child a book that is a level or two above them or even just books that you enjoy as an adult, they're going to learn that, that vocabulary that's bigger than what they have already stored in their brain. And that's good for them. It stretches them. And it even stretches me. There's books that I'll be reading and my nine-year-old will say, what's that word? Well, you know, in context, I know what the general meaning of it is. But when she puts me on the spot and says, well, what does that mean? I'll be like, I don't know. So we quick, um, you know, ask Siri on our phone, um, you know, what that word means. And so we both learn something. So it's good for, for both mom and the kids. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about Uh, in the Charlotte Mason world about living books, and that's part of classical education in general. And these books teach life lessons. It's character development. It teaches discernment because you're you're watching these characters uh, go through these life situations and they're learning. Um, 
these living books can also teach history and science and all of these different subjects. Uh, and it can grow interest in your child for different subjects. And your children then mimic what they're reading in the book, and it helps uh, reading aloud really. Uh, it encourages imaginative play. And But as your children play out the scenes in the books that they've read, it can also develop, a, you know, a love for certain skills, uh, and they might carry that into their adult life. So there's just so so many rich things that can come out of reading aloud here. Reading in general, but but reading aloud has um, a a different level than just reading on your own. And I'll I'll get into that a little bit as we go through. But um, it's it's important to remember that reading aloud, especially, it's important because we're in such a, a heavy digital age. I'm not against turning on the television here or there or playing a video game in moderation or using the tablet to get through a 24-hour drive. We had to do that this summer. We own an Xbox. So obviously I'm not against using digital tools. Um, but I have overused them in the past. And we are working on making sure that that becomes uh, less used in the house and that we are focusing more on the imaginative play and reading for learning and entertainment and things like that. Maybe as a parent, you have very fluent readers. Maybe you're thinking, well, how do I read aloud? All my kids are older. Or maybe you have a child that refuses to be read to because they think they're too old. Well, Andrew Pudua, he is the founder of Institutes for Excellence in Writing. And if you haven't heard of them, I highly recommend you go check out their website. Uh, we are using their um, writing curriculum and their uh, grammar curriculum. I, I really highly recommend them. But he is also a researcher on brain development, and he said – Many children who become early readers, independent readers, good readers, often do not store complete and correct language patterns in their brains. Good readers read quickly, silently, and aggressively. They don't audiate here internally each word or even complete sentences. Generally, comprehension increases with speed, but speed decreases language patterns or language pattern audiation because good readers will skip words, phrases, and even complete sections of books that might hold them back. And to the extent that children don't hear frequently a multitude of complete, reliably correct, and sophisticated language patterns, such patterns are not going to be effectively stored in their brains. So here, what Andrew Pudua is talking about is the fact that children who are good readers, um, fluent readers, they tend to read very quickly, and so they haven't mastered the art of slow reading. And there is something to reading aloud when you really have to listen and hear the language patterns develop, um, and that that instills something in your brain that you don't get when you are reading through something quickly just for quick comprehension. It it, it activates two separate parts of the brain. So even those who are fluent readers still need to be read to, still need to learn how to read slowly for the comprehension side of things. It, it, it's just two different skills. Now, I, my husband actually is very good at speed reading. 
Um, and in many ways, that has been helpful to him. I tend to be the slow reader, but there are different benefits to it, and you might miss, a lot of us miss, um, we might get the the story overall, the Cliffstoast version, <laughs> but you do miss something when you miss the details of the development of the picture of the whole thing. The rest of this quote from Andrew Poudelot is really good. So what activity will allow children to store these complete, reliably correct, and sophisticated language patterns in their brains? Probably the two most important but least practiced of all school activities, listening, being read to aloud, and memorization. These two are perhaps the most traditional of all language acquisition activities, and yet in our modern educational culture, they have become the orphan children of the progressive parents of psychology and pedagogy. So he's talking about how in our modern education system, they have just been, they've abandoned um, the importance of reading aloud and good books, not just any books, good living books, classy books, and they've also abandoned memorization. Often you'll hear different people talk about how rote memorization is just a waste of time. But in classical education, you see, um, we see the benefits in just scripture memorization, right? That's something that we, we should be doing because it helps you to recall. And that's something that, it, it acts, again, activates a different part of our brain and it stores that so that we can recall that. And when you're you're instilling these consistent language patterns, which is what he's talking about, um, sophisticated language patterns, in the children's brains over and over and over again through reading aloud um, as an adult, maybe reading, you know, above and beyond what their vocabulary is, and then also the uh, the process of memorizing, whether it's scripture or poetry or whatever. Uh, I know Andrew Poudoir really encourages the memorization of poetry. And when you're doing that, you're activating a different part of their brain. They're storing that, and when you hear some words over and over again, and you're writing certain words over and over again, in the beginning, you may not, you know, it may not be comfortable to you, but as you grow and do that more often, it just becomes a part of who you are, how you speak. And so this kind of practice is very important for our children's education. So for ages... Memorization was a massive part of education, but this is not the case anymore. We have calculators, so there's less stress on memorizing mathematical processes. I find myself having a sort of spiritual atrophy nowadays because the scriptures I once memorized back in when I was in a Christian school growing up and then a Bible college to follow, those are no longer readily available to my brain because I haven't practiced it. <laughs> I apologize for my coughing, um, but... You know, memorization is a good skill to have, and I would encourage you to, to practice that in your home school as well. I will put some more links in the show notes about what Andrew Poudois has to say about memorization, and particularly in poetry, because I think it's a good read. Um, so as a parent, we were just talking about how, you know, if you have a fluent reader or a reader who doesn't want to be read aloud to, how would you handle that? in some situations, you might just have to tell them that this is what we're doing today, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and um, 
but, you know, if you have a child who is a fluent reader, also you can have them read. That's, they might enjoy doing it, taking turns. For the struggling reader, the idea from Andrew Poudoua concerning the building of language patterns is for the struggling reader. My daughter was just diagnosed with dyslexia this past month, and dyslexia is a phonological processing disorder. Now, Rochelle, who works with me on here on Talking Mom to Mom, she knows much more about this than I do. Her, um, She has multiple children with uh, dyslexia, and she's also a certified Orton-Gillingham tutor, and so she's just much more familiar with this, and I'm just starting out on my journey, but as I'm digesting all of this new information, I'm also simultaneously researching how to help my daughter who was just diagnosed with dyslexia. And I am really seeing over the last year, we started, you want to know a curriculum that works really well for dyslexic children is Logic of English. And you can look that up, Logic of English. I can put a link to that too. I have a lot of links for you today. And they're really good about repetition and you just go through and you learn the sounds and you practice the sounds and you practice your phonics rules over and over and over again. And this repetition is instilling in this child's mind who has this phonological processing disorder. It's it's instilling this memorization of how this works and they get in a pattern of it. And, but it, but the repetition and the remediation is very important to pay attention to and to do consistently for that child. And um, it's something that we're we're really working on this year. And hopefully through um, some help and uh, hopefully some future tutoring, she will be able to overcome that and have a uh, great testimony for how how she was able to have victory over something that is really hard for her right now. So maybe you're a mom who doesn't enjoy reading aloud or maybe you don't have time to read aloud or maybe you even dislike reading. I have heard of people who dislike reading and don't quite understand it, but I know they're out there. Um, in Andrew Pudua's seminar entitled Nurturing Competent Readers, he talks about how we are not an illiterate nation, but we are an a-literate nation. We can read, but we don't really read. We read headlines, we scroll through Facebook, we read blogs, but we don't read good books. Not often, anyway. We aren't seeing the nutrition for our brains that real books, um, that reading real books provides us. Um, if you enjoy reading, you can incorporate lots of audio books. We did that this, this summer on a trip, and it was a really neat way for us to digest some some books without having to get car sick on their drive. <laughs> um, audiobooks, however, don't negate our need for reading aloud to our children. The time spent there is precious in building a family culture, like we mentioned. It makes memories with our children that we may not even realize until they're older and tell us about it. I will never forget my mom and I sitting and reading this one book uh, for bed and we would point out and laugh at the little pictures. And it's something that has always stayed with me. We connect memories with books. There was a certain book series I read when my dad was sick in the hospital and passed away. I'll never forget that. I named my first daughter after a character in a book series I read in middle school. 
because that book series meant so much to me um, on a spiritual level as it introduced me to uh, foreign missions. And, um, yeah, it just it really stayed with me enough to where that the name of the main character stuck with me enough to name my first daughter that. So books imprint on our lives, and as we were talking about how we learn from them, we learn wisdom, discernment, life skills, all those things are going to be important for our children. And we want to, you know, reading aloud is kind of like a, a little commercial for our kids where you're you're showing them how good reading can be. And so, you know, whether you do all the voices or whether you even just use your own voice and inflect, it doesn't matter. If you show them that you have a love for books, it can it can instill and imprint that love on them and that you love to be with them and read books with them. That That's a memory. They, they know that you enjoy that and it's an example to them of your love for them and that you love to spend time with them and it just kind of, seeps in that you're doing it over a book, if that makes any sense. Um, I would encourage you that even if you don't like to read, even if you don't enjoy reading aloud or have a lot of time to devote to it, I do challenge you to commit to reading a book aloud with your children 20 minutes a day during lunchtime at least, or breakfast, or... <laughs> I'm so sorry, I don't know why I'm coughing. Pick a book that you want to read. That's something that really was important for me because when we started out, I didn't want to read a bunch of kids' books. I'm just not into picture books. So I started picking books that I like to read, Narnia and um, Chronicles of Narnia. And my husband reads Lord of the Rings, and right now we're reading Inkheart. We liked that movie, and so we're reading the books to the kids. There's the book to the kids. I picked books that I wanted to read. So that's what I encourage you to do. Pick a book that you like. And your kids might like it, too, pick one that's appropriate for their ages. And if you have a willing spouse, have them take a turn. Or if you have a child who is a fluent reader, have them take a turn. There are so many ways to make reading aloud happen in your home without you having to carry that responsibility if you don't care for it. But I still would encourage you to consider it. Often the starting is the hardest part. You might just find that you enjoy it, and because, you know, it's, it forms a sweet family tradition. You'll look forward to it daily. Thanks for joining us at the at Talking Moms Mom. We hope that you will check out the show notes for all the links that we'll provide for you. And definitely join it join us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Talking Mom to Mom to hang out when we go live each week, uh sharing just tips and tricks for your home and homeschool. We uh Definitely hope to help you out with the advice that we have, the things that we are learning. And um, you can always join us on TalkingMomToMom.com. That's the number two for Talking Mom to Mom. And we um, have monthly subscriber freebies for, again, your home and homeschool. So we will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining the conversation. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.